Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, guys. Hi. This is Goop Yourself, the podcast where we talk about everything goop. I'm Brian Rucker. I'm Agnes Hewitt. And a couple weeks ago, we said we were taking a break, but this is one last episode before Agnes makes the big transition. <laughs> one last hurrah before, yeah, I transition to a New York person. Uh, I mean, I literally cannot believe that you're like in the middle of packing. Just hearing about it makes me so stressed out. I My capacity for any sort of like, stress or like high anxiety situation has completely dissipated over the past few years I'm like the most fragile little snowflake in the world I can't take it I'm like on the brink of madness and I uh probably could have used like for my mental health and physical health to also have to have started the break when we said, but mm. I'm glad to be here because I was, you know, I just needed one last check in with everybody. Yeah. I mean, you're a woman of your word. You're yeah, coming sort of. to this. <laughs> uh, but, and yet you can use this platform to just, um, you know, vent, uh, cry, yell, let out any, any feelings you have towards towards the world towards the moving process yeah Um, I mean it's actually like easier than it would be under normal circumstances because I think I've said like I'm not really packing any furniture um and my apartment I got furnished so it's very easy it's just clothes and a couple of things from my kitchen and my bathroom and then um, pretty much everything else I'm leaving because I'm also subletting my apartment furnished. But um, it's just more, you just have more stuff than you think, you know? Yeah. And then it's now it's like, oh, is this something that I want to bring with me? You have to like make a decision. Yeah. Everything is like, okay, am I going to pack this? Am I going to, I have like a little box for stuff that I can leave in my parents' garage and then everything else I have to get rid of. And I'm trying to be really, you know, brutal about it and I have so many duplicates like I have I have three blue and white gingham dresses I have two short-sleeved linen button-up shirts that are basically identical I have so I have um like 
so many just like basic black t-shirts and basic tank tops and stuff like that. I just have so many of them. Um, I just had in my head, like another thing that I had like duplicates of, but I have like the same thing. Like I have, I buy the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's good. You, you know, yourself, you know, your style. Uh, yes. I, I mean, my, my clothes buying has been for my whole life, just completely random and sporadic. And I'll go through a phase where I'm just like thrifting and like trying to be cool and then I'll just be like you know what I need is like Everlane basics and then I oh I, I'm exactly the same uh yeah that's it's crazy. my problem yeah like I don't have like a style I have like three different like there are like three different me's there's like I have like vintage like t-shirts and like dresses then I have like basic bitch like Christian woman like nap dresses and then I have like weird stuff that's like old, too old and like fancy and formal for me. And then I just have like a bunch of garbage from like Amazon yeah. and Uniqlo and it's like mix it all together. And that's kind of what I have. Uh, yeah. And I, I am thankful that I actually don't have much of an interest in clothes or fashion because that would just be another thing that I would want to spend money on that I can't afford and I do yeah. that enough with you know food and whatever whatever else yeah. my interests are yeah I just have like I have so many clothes but uh I mean I this is know. obviously a piece of advice that you've and you've lived in Chicago so you know but like get you know one or two big winter coats and like that's the most important thing because so much of the year you'll be cold and then you can just wear, you know, jeans, whatever on top. And then just like a winter coat and a hat and a scarf and you're good. Yeah, I, um, so I, I think New York doesn't really get as cold as Chicago, but yeah. also like I haven't been in Chicago for many, many years. So I'm pretty much not used to any cold and when we were there in the winter it wasn't even the winter it was like april i think but it was still really cold um yeah. i didn't like it new york was okay boston was really bad oh yeah 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 uh, it takes a little while to get used to i remember my first winter in new york i did not have a proper winter coat and i i just remember like you know, seeing my breath leave my body and like feeling like cold on the inside in a way that I never had experienced in California. Yeah. Uh, but then I got used to it and it was fine. And because of global warming, honestly, I don't even think it's that cold anymore. Well, that's the thing. I think like last winter, New York was warmer than LA a lot of the time. Because <laughs> um, LA, the winter was really cold last year it was cold and it was rainy and we're gonna get another uh i guess it's an el nino or la nina i don't remember which one but we're gonna get another rainy winter which i like i mean other than the fact that like it prevents me from playing tennis as much as i would like to i like mm -hmm. i like the rainy winters in la because it gives some sort of facsimile of of actual seasons yeah i like the rainy winters in la um but yeah, I actually have a couple of coats. Right. I think I'm good. I think they should be fine. 
Yeah, you got a, a puffer coat, a pea coat. Yeah, well, I don't have a puffer coat or a pea coat, but I have a couple of like big like parka y okay. things. That'll be okay. Uh all right. What else is new? Mm, I mean nothing. That's like this has been taking up my yeah, entire everything. life. Like I have I don't really have anything else going on. I have been, I mean, I did watch and just like that. Great. I watched it yesterday afternoon. Um, another I, riveting episode. I mean, honestly, I had a thought during the scene where they were all at brunch which was early Mm -hmm. where i just thought this show is just really really bad (laughs) and i just couldn't get over it it is the worst show i've ever seen i remember that scene because i don't know okay i don't want to say anything i i just think Kristen davis has had some sort of I don't know if they're shooting everything out of order, but I swear to God, her face looked so different between, I forget whatever first scene she was in the episode. And then the second scene that she was in was that brunch scene. And maybe it was the lighting, but I was like, oh, she looks like a completely different person in the scene. Everything was so garish in that brunch scene. You know, Kristen Davis's face is like the least of their worries. I do think that she like got a bunch of filler and I think she had it dissolved because people, there was like too much backlash against Aww. it. I guess I'm part of the problem. And, well, I don't know. I don't know where we were with the. I didn't even notice it at the. T- I mean, I know what you're talking about, but I didn't even notice it coming back because I was just like so. I hated the dialogue so much. I was like, I. And just like that is the least funny show ever made. It is not funny. The conversations that they were having were like. It was like UCB level one, like, oh, I have good news too. Oh, me too. Oh, wow. We all have such great news. Oh my God. What's your news? And then their news is just like nothing. Yeah. Their news is just like one sentence to set up the rest of their, like the episode. Yeah. I mean, we've said this before, but like, because there are so many characters to service and there are so many plot lines in every episode and the episodes are like, they're a little bit over a half hour they're like 35 minutes but um it's all exposition because it's just about moving the plot forward so quickly and there's a few plot lines where we can discuss in detail like where this was especially egregious um and like i don't know but i again i just sink into my couch i have a stupid grin on my face it's like i'm on opiates when i watch it like it's 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 as good as you know taking a spoon and and cooking up some smack (laughs) Oh, it is. And I mean, just because it's not funny, as Miranda said, it doesn't mean I didn't laugh. Not funny. I mean, they that one, I was like, they know what they're doing here. They know that that is like a meme. A meta, a meta commentary on on Che. I Uh, mean, her just screaming, not funny, not funny. Like, give me a fucking break. uh, Yeah. And I just want to take a moment before this is like out of order. But that scene where Carrie invites, what's his name, Mario Cantone over to discuss Samford. Samford's like, in the show, obviously the actor has passed away. The man is dead. And they have, 
I don't know why they did it. I don't know why they've done this. It has line. to be an inside joke. It has to be something that Willie Garson, because, okay, so they ba- basically the, the story for this character, even though the actor's dead in real life, is that he divorces Mario Cantone. He moves to Japan to do some job. But then now, a season later, they're like, oh, actually, he's staying in Japan permanently because he's become a Shinto monk. Yeah. And... And, and then they like show a picture, Photoshop him. a picture of him in a monk. It was so insane. The only thing I can think of is that one time Willie Garson was like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to leave everything behind and like become a monk. And I think, and I'm like, oh, I, I, that has to be like what it is. It's some inside joke between Sarah Jessica Parker and Mario Cantone and like Michael Patrick King uh, to like, to uh, as a tribute to Willie Garson, something that they, that he said to them, but it just, it has no it it just makes no sense it must be a tribute i guess because they also did that scene with like the heaviness like they know that everyone watching knows that he's dead yeah and they did that the same scene last season where they were like oh you know what he moved to japan and it was like a touching moment so a season later i was just like wait we're still talking about this like yeah i I thought it was over it and then yeah it was so weird never had to bring it up again and then what was the significance of like she ch- carry like chugging that drink? I well, it was a Cosmo, which I imagine was like the drink that she and Stanford used to drink back in the nineties. Well, they all. I mean, like that was the famous well, all of thing them. That but it was like I think it was a it was this the the Cosmo was meant to signify the past, I guess, and like good memories because. They cheers, and the one who should be upset is Mario Cantone, because that's his husband. Who's he has other things on his mind. He doesn't care at all. She's the one who like doesn't stop drinking and just chugs the entire thing, unless they're finally just saying like, you know, she's an alcoholic. Which I don't. I I mean, yeah, we had Miranda as an alcoholic last season. Uh, I mean, Carrie, and this is obviously not an original thought, but everyone is like, oh, Carrie's the worst friend. Carrie's such a narcissist. And Monster. in this episode, <laughs> between that scene and then we'll get to like the the Miranda stuff, but like Carrie acts like a complete baby, like a total nightmare. I, I didn't even think she was that bad this episode, honestly. Really? I was I didn't like, think her yelling at Miranda, like, you need to come to my party, stop being a child. Okay, if I had an intimate party with 15 people, and I invited two of your exes to this party. I would be. And then I, and then I said, you have to come. Okay, no, you're right. Inviting two of my exes. Two of your exes. Weird. And it's not like she can't, there's no way in hell she's that good friends with fucking Che. I can sort no. of, I can see Steve. She's known Steve for, sorry, if you can hear that, that's BB scratching. Mm. BB, sorry. I, she's known Steve at least for like, you know, whatever, 15 years. Yeah. I doubt they were ever friends. I've de- I definitely have friends who have husbands that I've known for as long as Carrie has known Steve. But it's like and, Carrie's Miranda's friend. Like if you. Yeah. If they got divorced, I would never talk to these men again. No. And I I'd just, be fine I, with it. I, I Yeah. That's just part of the deal is like when you're friends with a couple. And the couple breaks up, you do like you're you remain you friends with whoever to... the friend you were with first. That's just part yeah. of it. You don't you don't stay friend like especially yeah with Che or Steve. I'm sorry, there's no excuse. There, well, Che was kind of Carrie's friend first, but it was a work. It was like a very casual work friend. It was yeah. It was like 
Miranda and her have been friends for yeah 25 years Miranda and Che and Carrie like literally friend. have nothing in common they have nothing in common they don't even have the apartment in common no. anymore and I'm sure Carrie can find 15 people besides Che and Steve to invite to her fucking Michelin star dinner or whatever Wait, that was the other thing why did they because they kept saying like Oh, is it gonna? It's gonna be like a surprise guest star in the next episode. Is why they kept making they they were like, oh, it's a Michelin star chef, but they never said who it was. It was just so weird to like, but it must be Maybe. like that. That's for the viewer to like. It's gonna be like Tom Colicchio or whatever in the next. I don't know who it would be. Mario Batali. Um, <laughs> he's back. He's back. I don't even know if he has a. I don't think he's like a Michelin star. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know either. Um, who would it be? Eric repair like I don't know who who would be like oh, a yeah, sex that's in the city the most, that's the most sex in the city person it could be and I feel like I almost feel like he was in the original Maybe, like I, yeah. can see, I can see him in that like gauzy glow but yeah. <laughs> or like um, David Chang I don't know yeah I have no idea anyway we are we did get way ahead of ourselves yeah. but oh geez, Jesus. uh um, so she, yeah let's um because she won it at a raffle Oh, I didn't even catch that. Okay. That was one of the pieces of good news that was announced during brunch. I really go in and out of consciousness in the show. Like there, because I'll, after I watch it, like I'll read a recap to sort of prepare for this podcast. Oh, yeah, you and have then to. Half of the things that I read, I'm like, wait, what? And I literally had just finished watching the episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely experience the same thing. It's like, I can watch it again and there's like all new information that I just didn't just wasn't clicking uh because there's so much there's so it's so de- it's such a dense text and they go through it so fast text is dense it is dense yeah um all right so yeah we started talking about carrie so yeah carrie prepares for quote-unquote the last supper so she is my theory was wrong she's literally i guess selling the apartment to lizette she's not renting it out which seems crazy to me yeah also what's the woman's name that you said she's her name was like initials Oh, LTW? LTW. When she's like the last supper and they're like, oh, that's good. Oh, you're so smart. (laughs) (laughs) That was, I felt mortified for everyone involved. Yeah, because then what that what is the the symbolism is isn't the last supper meet that's the symbolism is like one of your friends will betray you? Is that well what? yeah, well yeah, but I think maybe Carrie is the Judas and then the Jesus <laughs> is coming back from the dead as so is this is Samantha gonna show? Is that the deal? Is that because she says I'm gonna I have an empty chair and is that that's what we're Samantha's the, gonna be a FaceTime, I've heard. So there's gonna be an iPad on the chair. Put it, yeah. <laughs> I thought they I could do a little CG be. or something. They should just honestly, they should just yeah. Or do like, like a do like do, a, a shot reverse shot and just have like just don't over. show Carrie and Samantha or like do what the good wife did when those two actors weren't getting along they just use body doubles when they're both facing the same way and it looked insane but it would be perfect for sex in the city oh yeah i mean it doesn't have to look good and actually the worse the better yeah exactly um yeah i don't know what they're gonna do i've heard that she's supposed to be a facetime you know obviously it's the last episode of the season unfortunately and i heard and i was listening to like the vanity fair podcast and they they seem, you know, they have their finger on the pulse and they're like worried because the ratings have gone way down this season. So they're worried it won't even get renewed for again. You know, it may not. And if I would, I would, I would kill myself. I, it's like, it needs to, I, 
I need this to happen. Like when the strike ends, as soon as fucking Fran Drescher signs the little contract, mm-hmm. SJP and LTW and all yeah. the other people need to fucking get the cameras rolling immediately. Yeah, I know. And yeah, they need to get on it because we can't live without it. But if we have to, I well, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it and I might jump off that same bridge. Yes. You might have to, you might have to say, you know, good night or au revoir because that is um, certainly a possibility. It crossed my mind watching this at last because they are setting it up. Like this is like the finale finale, but like what else is there? Oh, those little demented minds will think of something. I have, I have faith that they'll, they'll think of something insane to do in the next season. Ugh. I I guess Aiden and Carrie are gonna yeah. break up. I mean, Michael Patrick King, I think, is in the deep throes of dementia, judging by his <laughs> plot lines this season. It's just that they're so fucking boring. It's like it doesn't make me feel excited, like, oh, you know, there is life after 50, and you know, you're gonna still have your friends and your life. It's like you're just gonna be. An, an insane self-absorbed alcoholic but i guess that's all these characters ever really were anyway yeah it's i mean it's albi it's sartre it's like it's existential it's it's dark it is dark um yeah it's a combination of uh who's afraid of virginia wolf and no exit it's like yeah. hell is hell is other people. is other people like and just like that like it's hell yeah. is miranda hell is hell is jay hell is jay um, um Che Che's stand-up set. Okay. All time, you know, all time great. All time great. I that was honestly that was definitely the best part of the show. I mean, probably of all of and just like that, I think that was the best. It was shocking. So so um so Che gets back into stand-up, does a comedy concert at this club in Brooklyn that's just called like Brooklyn. It's like the most famous called like Brooklyn Comedy Club. <laughs> Um, and then stupid, stupid Miranda decides to surprise because uh, she talked to Naya and Naya's like, oh, why, you know, you cut all your exes off. And Miranda's like, you know what? I'm not going to cut my exes off. I want to be friends with my exes. So she surprises Che at their comedy concert. And of course, Che needing new material. All of her set is is about Miranda. And it's it's mean, but it's. um. I, I don't know. I, I was on Che's side because I was like, you, of course, you're going to embellish. Of course, you're going to exaggerate doing like a comedy set. And I mean, the comedy set was. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. And it wasn't like funny. But for Che, it was it was funny because it was like Che's comedy sets are usually just like screaming like LGBTQ plus IA. Yeah. Or like when she was or I'm so sorry when they were like, I took an Uber from my bathroom to my kitchen. That yeah. was one of that was the Che joke so this was like um, George Carlin in comparison this was definitely the best material we've seen from Che was it good no was Miranda correct when she screamed not funny not funny <laughs> yes um but at least it was something that was getting into the neighborhood of maybe one day being a joke a there joke, still were no jokes because Che said oh you know I was with this straight white married woman she was very adventurous sexually. You know, uh, there were four people in our bed. Me, her, her husband, and her son. And everyone's like, Woo! It was like, it wasn't like a great joke, but it was like something that I could see 
like it had the structure of a joke but i think if you hadn't been watching and just like that would you even know what they were talking about because I think, I mean, you would know, oh, okay, she was. She has a lot of know, baggage. She still hung had up baggage, on her. But like, still, but yeah, I just, no, because it's like you're people... picturing Steve and Brady in the bed with them. And that's sort of the thing. The image is sort of what makes it funny. But if you don't know Steve and Brady, you're like, why is this funny? I didn't think it was funny knowing Steven. <laughs> um, but still, you know, whatever. And also, and at a certain point, um, Jay is just talking about like Miranda trying to like have sex with them in a, a way that I don't think it just it wasn't funny. It was not yeah. funny. Not funny. Not funny. But uh, I did like the little dramatic moment of Miranda running out and Che being like oh I don't know my lines anymore I I'm gonna go and and um you know that was like a little bit of drama that I appreciated yeah that was a good scene um Miranda was you know understandably hurt and angry and Che is like says out loud like why do i have to keep apologizing for myself i mean che is like a shitty person but it is like che just be a shitty person and you have that fucking weird like bald single white female non-binary person who's like following you now who's like a mini che that like be with someone that looks and acts exactly like you also here exactly (laughs) that's what everybody should do also um so the old sex in the city would have like okay so here's the idea that Miranda cuts off her exes and she wants to uncut off her exes she wants to be friends with them this would have been like a theme for the episode and they would have like talked about it with some sort of maybe not depth but like it would have been at least more interest and creativity than like that one scene where in this it's like completely set up just to make Che and Miranda have a fight. Like it wasn't really, they were the, the show was not actually interested in anything relating to like sex or relationships. It's just kind of interested in like, can, what are these characters going to say to each other on a given? Yeah. It's a soap. It's just moving the chess pieces around in different combinations. But I think that's why it's not as, why it's like has so many more problems than sex in the city did you know it's not like it's not um it's not really about anything no it's i mean yeah purportedly it's about like yeah getting older or whatever but um all the themes and all the plot lines just seem like totally random and the characters act differently from episode to episode Uh, yeah and Maria, oh, I guess Miranda met that, that woman at the UN. Oh yeah, so so there was like a a sexy, smart UN. I, Miranda's working at the UN now. I literally have no idea what her job is, why she's working at the UN. I don't know. Um, but yeah, there's like a British woman who, I mean, I I didn't recognize her, but I was reading on the message boards that she's like a pretty recognizable British actress. So it seems like she's someone that would come back um i guess she's a, uh, 
I guess. I and don't know. Then... Oh, also, Seema has like one scene. Well, she has two scenes. First, she's like fucking the alleged movie star. Movie director. He's not also a star. I don't think it's like a Orson Welles situation. I think he's just directing a Marvel movie. Okay. Well, I have issues with him as a Marvel movie director. <laughs> but whatever. Um, she has sex with him and then she shows up at Carrie's apartment bringing lunch and she's really mean to that girl that they sold the apartment to. She's bitter because Carrie sold it to her for so little money. So Seema gets like nothing for commission. And she, I think. But it was part of, I mean, I'm sure she got a pretty penny for that other place that Carrie bought. Yeah. But Seema definitely seems like um like a conservative, like pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Like if I had to suffer, you should have to suffer too. Okay. But like, she's the one who's fucking up a business if she's so pissed about her commission, not the girl who got the good deal. So why yeah, is she yelling Lizette her? is innocent. Oh yeah, she's innocent. Um, but I'm also like, what does she do to that she's buying? I mean, even whatever, however cheap that apartment was, it wasn't that cheap. No, and I still don't understand. Even if she sold it for way under market value, like because that okay, wait, is it supposed to be in the West Village or it's supposed to be on the Upper East Side? It's supposed to be on the Upper East Side, but everybody but it, knows it, it is in the West. That's see, that's yeah. so incongruous because Carrie seems to me such a West Village person, not an yeah, Upper East Side person. I mean, Charlotte seems like an Upper East Side. Yeah, person. exactly. Anyway, whatever neighborhood that in that that building is in, the townhouse would be like $10 million market value, probably. Yeah. And so even if Carrie sold it for like $2 million, how does this Julie, I mean, jewelry designer afford like she's like an aspiring Julie jewelry designer whose whole collection got stolen a few episodes ago. So she her parents must have a ton of money. Like there's no yeah, way that anyone's how did affording- she even how did she even afford the downstairs apartment? Exactly. I mean, like, give me a break. Her parents are paying for it. Just Trust like all fun these kid. girls. She's on TikTok. She's doing yeah. her morning routine. She's, Fuck her. I'm with Seema on this one. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad Seema was mean to her. No wonder she didn't give a shit because she's just like, dun, 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 everything works out for me. But Seema's whole plot line is while she was fucking the guy, she sort of impulsively said, I love you. And then he said, I love you back. And now Seema's worried that like it's moving way too fast. And, but that goes absolutely nowhere. We never check back in with them for the rest of the episode, which is fine because I, I don't care. Um, and then speaking of I don't care, Naya. I feel so bad for Naya. I wanted to bring up in that scene where Naya and Miranda, where she's like, you cut all your exes off she has to deliver the line oh i'm going she has to say oh she's gonna go because there's a michelin star chef and she goes i would cut my arm off and eat it if it was prepared by a michelin star chef it's like you're in new york like you can fucking walk down the street and go to a michelin star restaurant it's like she's and she's supposed to be like the sophisticated i don't know like she's had she what who is she? I feel yeah, the actor is doing as good of a job as she can. Like yeah, it's, she's it's doing really, the best she can. Uh and and her whole scene, so she gets like um uh invite to her ex-husband's baby shower with his new girlfriend, mm-hmm. um, which is really it's sort of I the timeline on this is so weird. I'm like, I feel like they just broke up, he's already having a baby with someone else, and then to seek revenge this is actually sort of funny she decides to buy a thousand dollar baby stroller 
So every time the new girlfriend like pushes her baby around, she will think of Naya, which is sort of like a, it's like a Taylor Swiftian story of revenge. Yeah. Um, and Taylor Swift does buy her ex's baby's presents. Oh, does she? That's a lyric in one of her songs. Oh, really? Well, yeah. Good so. for him. So maybe they, maybe, maybe the that's where they got, got the idea. They probably did. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But I would love for Naya, like that will give her something to do. If she, if Naya turns into like a Machiavellian like schemer who's just like set out to like destroy her ex and her ex's See, new girlfriend, that would be something for her need. to do. I mean, yeah, someone needs to fall off the deep end. And I agree. I think it should be Naya because what has she been up to this whole time? We don't know. She's just been like freaking out about her, you know, ex and his fucking new girlfriend, which is what I would be doing too. But like, I want to see how crazy, like, just how crazy can she get? She's because she's stuck in that. I mean, it's a nice apartment. She's stuck in that apartment. You never see her outside. Like, she's the one character who you never see out because she's like a professor. You never see her at work. And some of the funniest scenes in the first season was like Miranda's like clumsy, like white liberal stuff that she was doing at school with Naya. And I, not that that was like a good plot line, but it was at least gave something for Naya well to it do. kind of felt like authentic like is that Miranda now is that what I you're gonna be like in grad school oh I'm yeah I'm gonna be like exactly like Miranda I'm gonna be like I'm this old bitch who's like Alan, and everyone's gonna be like fuck you and it's gonna be a nightmare no that's not true it'll be fine <laughs> and you'll meet like oh that. my god what if you meet a non-binary half latina half irish stand up and you leave brian for oh my god your own che diaz and then brian has to open a hot dog slash clam bar on coney island oh god yeah oh, you're right you know carrie is a huge bitch i that opening scene i was like so i was like why would anyone ever talk to this woman i hate her she's like oh 35 years in new york and i've never been to coney island i'm like that's your fault bitch like you're such a f- i hate you're her so snobby much bitch and she's yeah. wearing those fucking sparkly high heel boots on the boardwalk like are you insane and then when he's like when steve is like oh yeah like i just realized i was so sick of scout because it was too cool for me now and i have to come out to coney island and do clam and beer yeah. or whatever and she's like our hot dogs and clams or whatever and she's like you're so hot dogs and it's and the clams. stupidest idea ever because literally the two things that you can already get on coney islands like on the boardwalk there is hot dogs and clams so he's just entering a crowded marketplace nathan's is literally the most famous hot dog stand in the world so i'm sorry no matter how good steve's hot dogs are no one is going to get them he should literally sell anything else besides hot dogs and clams Open ta- a taco stand. Steve's, yes. Steve's white boy tacos would be a better seller than hot what? dogs. He things. should just stay. Why is... Yeah, and he's a fucking gentleman. He's going to whatever like neighborhood in Brooklyn. He opens up his little gastro pub. He gentrifies the neighborhood, kicks all of the working class people of color out of the neighborhood, and then complains, oh, now the neighborhood's too cool for me. Well, Steve, you are the gentrifier you're the problem steve always have been and he's not as salt of the earth as he fucking thinks and neither is aiden because who are these men who are they because everyone is like oh they're so like they're unsophisticated they're real like you know when he opened scout miranda was or he before he worked at scout he was a bartender at like another bar i don't know if he owned it or not i don't remember but like she was like it's not a cool bar it's just a regular bar 
Um, and I think Scout was supposed to sort of be like that too, like not a cool bar, just a bar. But they know exactly what they're doing. Like, but that seems impot like to the no, it is like I don't believe that. I don't think that Aiden and and uh I just Steve opened a bar and brought Aiden, the fucking fancy pants fucking furniture designer, that also comes and goes as we as we please are like opening this bar that's like completely aesthetically irredeemable and no one with any taste ever goes there. And it's just for like the working man of like whatever, like they certainly live in like Williamsburg. Yeah, they live in like Cobble Hill. There is no working man. Yes, they're not like this. I just, I can't. I think it's like basically their perspective of New York is like if like, um, if like Sonia Morgan and Ramona were to like write a show. Oh my God. Cause like, that's what they, yeah, like, no, that's we'll, like, talk... we'll find out that they're like on the writing staff. They're the I scabs mean... that are writing the third season while this strike's going on. Um, It's insane, but whatever. Uh, Steve and Steve's, I, it's the way he speaks is so odd. It, it doesn't, it's not huge. It's, is it an accent? Is it a speech impediment? It's so strange. It, and it's getting, it, it gets stronger and stronger every episode. It's so weird. That's just how it is. Yeah. Oh, God. And when the sun rides his bike up and carries like the cherry on the Sunday, oh, I would, would you like it if someone said that when you showed up? The cherry? I no, I'd punch them in the face. Yeah. You're the cherry on the Sunday. Yeah. I do have to it say, is. this might be a hot take. I think Brady's pretty cute. The little son yeah he's an adult is he he has, he has a nice sm- smile yes <laughs> i don't think so oh i think he's cute he has the curly red hair he has the nice smile Very skinny. Sort of skinny mischievous personality i think he's, and he's definitely like 18 i mean no Bare i think he's like mint. probably 19 okay wait what's his name brady what is their last name steve johnson what is his name brady it's not hobbs let's see brady because he, he's older than lily who's still in high school he you know what he's whatever people are so weird about age gaps now. no Back, no i'm all for it i'm look at like, anthony and giuseppe let's see uh well I mean, while you're looking that know. up i will move on to oh he's yeah he's what fine he? he was born in 1994 Oh my god, he's like he's almost 30. He's, he's 28. 20. I don't think in the show he's supposed to be 28. <laughs> to me, everyone, I'm just, I don't know. Okay. He, I don't, okay. I mean, I appreciate no, he's that in he's, a, he's a full-blown adult. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely not supposed to be 28 in the show. That would be so No, insane. I mean, that would be, because he definitely, like, has sex with Charlotte's daughter, who I do think is supposed to be, like, 14. But she has to be young, old, too, because didn't Char- Charlotte had her... Uh, like she adopted her on the show right which was over she 25 adopted years ago her, or in yeah the movie. i think it was like um i think it was either the last season or in the i think it was the last season of sex in the city yeah. or maybe the movie i don't remember so they're all they're all elderly um okay so the two plot lines that got me the most angry was mm-hmm. lisa's pregnancy plot line and i'm yeah, you know I i'm not like a woman that. i've never been through a pregnancy scare but it was such a cop out. So 
she's feels well, it wasn't a pregnancy scare it was a pregnancy well, it was a, a pregnant she was pregnant yeah and she was very ambivalent about her pregnancy because she was offered to expand her documentary into this 10-part Ken Burns style miniseries for PBS and she's like I don't know how I'm going to do it raising a kid doing all this work and so she and Herbert have this conversation where they talk around perhaps making the decision to end the pregnancy and it's like a very complicated thorny issue um and then they just do a cop out and Lisa has a fucking miscarriage and they don't have to deal with it yeah I agree I I felt like, why, why have this plot line at all? You know why? Is because the end of the last, they don't probably storyboard this or break the whole season. The end of the last episode, they thought, oh my God, wouldn't it be funny if Lisa said that she's pregnant right before Herbert has to do his big speech? Yeah. And they literally didn't think any further than that. I think you might be right. I think you are right. And I honestly, it's like, I don't know. Like, why didn't she have the abort? Like, I don't understand it. I don't I, get any of it. She's like, I'm, she was, it was so like mealy mouth. She's like, I'm so glad that I have the option to do this, but I would never do it. And Which then is like, like, that is not how anybody in that situation would talk to their husband in bed. Like, this is a, you are talking to your husband in bed and you're like, I support the rights of all women to choose, yeah. but that's not the right choice for me at this time. And I'm okay with that. Like no one is going to have this conversation. And like, and I'm not saying that I think that it's right for the character to make that choice to like have an abortion or whatever. I'm just saying, I don't understand why this storyline happened. If we weren't going to get some sort of like active choice on her part, either yeah, to, like it's one episode it and it goes back to the status quo. It's like, who cares? But and then it's, I, you're right. Like, just like, Oh, I just had a miscarriage. Like, Oh, okay. Well then like, what's the point of this stupid yeah. fucking. I, I, Cause unless she's going to have like a major emotional response to it, which it didn't really, she's like, Oh, I'm having a miscarriage. Like, oops. Which I also think is like, I'm sorry. Like I actually was a little upset by it. Honestly, I thought that it was very, very glib to, and no. that's like a very, like the whole issue is so difficult for women and especially uh, women in their late 50s in their late, I mean it's just a difficult issue and it just like it sucks and I don't I'm like this is so there's no thought in this at all yeah sorry I just um got a charlie horse in my leg oh shit I saw you leaning way yeah, back I'm okay I'm okay it's just Wow. Ooh, I need to stretch after tennis better. Okay. Do you want to take it? Do you need no, to? No, I'm fine. I'm perfect. The blood is rushing to my head. I'm fine. Okay, uh, what was like? Okay. Oh, there's a conspiracy theory online, meaning the vulture and just like that message boards. Mm. That and I hope that this is the case because this would be the only thing that would make sense, and this would make Lisa so much of a more interesting character. Is that secretly she has a medical abortion at home? She takes a pill and she tells Herbert that it's a miscarriage because to shield him from the blowback that would happen if it got out publicly while he's running for office. But I, I don't mean, think that I, I don't do... give them enough credit for that. I don't either. And I kind of feel like that would be like a lot of um, plot for like the last episode yeah. when nothing has happened for the first 10 episodes. But, you know, maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah, maybe. But maybe she did. But also, like, he didn't seem to care one way or the other. So I don't no, know. No, he was so checked. And I she was like, pissed at him for not having a vasectomy eight years ago i would be so much more pissed if i just gave birth i was in the midst of like 
postpartum depression and I tell my husband to get a vasectomy, he better fucking go to the urologist and get a vasectomy. And go I don't want it. eight years later to have a fucking pregnancy scare. That's like grounds for divorce. That's so irresponsible and disgusting of him to not do that. Well, it just seems like did they never discussed it again, I guess. He's like, well, I guess you were they, she asked him to do it once and then they just like never brought it up again in the eight years and because and I she's also, not on birth control it, it the whole thing is like so insane well but then i guess she figured she couldn't i figured because she's she so elderly i mean she's so old the actress is 52 she looks great so maybe she's playing 42 i don't know <laughs> how old is she supposed to be she's supposed to be at there's no way she's, I'm sorry. She looks amazing and I'm not saying she doesn't, but I wouldn't buy her under 45. No. And that's partially just because of the way she like dresses, dresses. and carries herself. She's so like, I mean, she's stylish, but it's like a matronly Upper East Side stylishness. And her kids are the same age as Charlotte's. I mean, maybe they had the kids relatively young. Well, Charlotte had her kids kind of old. Right. And Charlotte's in her late 60s, 50s. <laughs> <laughs> so if charlotte charlotte's like 55 and so yeah maybe ltw's 45 so maybe I guess 45 that, i yeah. would believe 45 yeah okay. okay all right um but regardless it's like you have no communication with your husband about if he got a vasectomy if you haven't like gone through menopause and if she's 45 and they were supposed to and he was supposed to do that eight years ago that's a lot of childbearing years between 37 and 45 mm -hmm. and they're just you know raw I mean? dogging it and like hoping for the best for eight where years where you would have some sort of conversation about it i mean you maybe know? she i don't know maybe she just like recently got off birth control because she figured she was so old that she didn't need it anymore maybe she assumed that she was going through menopause, but she just had like long COVID. I know that's the tale as old as time. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think we're giving this plotline way too much credit, and we're thinking about it way more deeply than Michael Patrick King and the writers have. I think you're right about that. I don't think they've thought about it at all. Uh, and now I don't want to spend too much time on this fucking guy, but Anthony's. This was so. This was so weird. Um. Anthony, so you have a scene where Anthony's fucking Giuseppe, and then Giuseppe's like, now I want to fuck you. And Anthony, and I get there's a lot of reasons why gay guys are, you know, don't like to bottom or whatever, like, you know, your body, your choice. But Anthony mm. says, he's like appalled that Giuseppe would even ask and then say, and then says, well, I'm not the woman. And I'm like, mm -hmm. what? I'm like, I'm so he's supposed to be like 60 or whatever. And but I I'm friends with gay guys who are 60. Like, that is not a thing that like a gay guy who came of age in the 80s and 90s would say that like if you're bottoming, you're like the woman in the relationship. That just doesn't make any sense. And I feel like maybe that's a very personal hang-up for Michael Patrick King. But it's it was it was mind-boggling to me that like he would go there. It was so weird. I, again, as I said last week, I don't believe, I think that this show was written by women. <laughs> I don't think the gay men, I think like 
it's the same it's like the 180 reverse of, yeah. la- of last so time. maybe the gay guys write all the female plots and then they have the women write Anthony's I, plot. yeah i think they're like doing a like a fun game to see like who can be a worse writer yeah. <laughs> but like i also i was like why are they i mean i understand no one wants to be called like the gender that they're not but I did also think how they were like, I'm not a woman. Like, don't ever say that. Like, oh, the worst thing it's you could so, ever be. It's so misogynist. Woman. It's so internalized yeah. homophobic. And I get Anthony's like this, like Italian guy. He grew up cat. I, I sort of, but like, an- sorry, Anthony's like such a fucking bottom. Like he's, he's like, he's like the faggiest guy ever. Like, what are you talking about? I don't know. I don't know. I thought then, it was weird. And I get like Giuseppe is hung almost to the point of deformity yeah (laughs) so i understand in a physical way i wouldn't want that either and i would be very apprehensive yeah about um (laughs) getting fucked by this like i mean yeah elephant dick but um so yeah i don't know but it was just so it was so weird it was a weird scene a weird plot line also i was like why i did kind of wish that he and carrie talked about it when he came over and he wanted to talk about it and she was like, no, I have to read you this letter. Oh, because Carrie's such a prude. She doesn't like to hear about sex. And then Anthony- Which, com- where did that come from? I mean, like, the entire... Uh, it's just like, they. I don't think that they watched the original show. No, probably not. And then Anthony Carrie compared- Carrie can't hear about... Oh, she just said, oh, Seam was like, said something like, oh, he was inside me. And she's like, I'm eating. Yeah. That's gross. Like, what? That is not, I don't know. It's weird. And then it was funny that Anthony compares Stanford, like making the big life decision to become a monk in Japan with his big life decision to like get fucked by Giuseppe. (laughs) Well, whatever. Did anything else happen in the stupid fucking show? uh no that's it i think we've covered I think everything that's it. we literally spent so much time on this i hope everyone that listens to this watches the show because if not there's gonna be a lot of fast forwarding yeah well yeah. i mean we needed to kill some time because i'm still taking this quiz oh my god that quiz <laughs> is so long um it's the longest quiz i've ever taken in my life well, you're going back to school, so you better not that there's a lot of like multiple choice quizzes yeah. at grad school for creative writing. I don't know, maybe. I don't think so though. All right. Um All right. any other oh, a couple little pieces of news. One, I tried to fucking sign up for the Gwyneth Paltrow Airbnb thing in Montecito. Oh, right. And I think it's a scam. I don't know. Well, I didn't win. So if I didn't win, it's automatically a scam. I, there's an, I think Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis are doing it too. Didn't catch me dead at that place. Why not? There, there's some, something's dark about those two. No, there isn't. He's like so obsessed with like child trafficking he is yeah he's like um in the like what's that movie that came out i don't oh the one that the christians made that yeah he's he's not no he's not in it but i'm saying he's of that like he's spending all of his time talking about that stuff interesting i just feel like their house would be dirty i don't know (laughs) i don't know i'd much rather go to gwen's house 
I mean, look, I don't think their house would be dirty, but I would rather go to Gwyneth's house because I'm obsessed with her. Always and have been. So I just oh, went on the Airbnb thing right at 10 o'clock and like you could click on, you know, find an available date and then just all, and I don't know what date you were supposed to click on. Like they didn't say what date you were going. So all the dates I checked for months and everything was X'd out. So I don't know. I don't know what happened. And then I haven't heard anything of like who won. Like you'd think there'd be a big, you know, 20 page profile in the New Yorker about the winner. Um, I haven't heard hide nor hair. I heard of anything. anything. Huh. Interesting. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And then the other piece of personal news is I finally, after 14 years, Mm-hmm. deleted twitter slash x off of my phone well okay is it because you're anti-elon musk no it has not i'm not i mean i'm not pro it i'm elon musk agnostic i think all these billionaires should be guillotined i don't think he's any better or worse than any of the other ones they're all fucking insane okay um i it was just you know for my mental health it was the scrolling it was the getting um the little hits of serotonin off of other people's arguments and misery and um and and just getting and just that yeah constant scrolling and reading and and like and just brain mush um so i've been it's been three or four days and it's fine actually i don't really miss it it's hard i i my addiction is to tiktok and 
I have to take it off my phone and then I will put it back on my phone and then like have to take it off again. Yeah. Which is depressing. Yeah. I mean, there might be a day where I put it back on my phone. The only thing I really miss is all of the like gay European teenagers who are obsessed with tennis that I follow because they're so because like tennis is such a like niche sport so it's not like I can go to you know where any other platform and just like see what people are thinking about the latest tennis match um it's really just Twitter and there's a tennis sub on Reddit which I do look at but the 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 Reddit sub is very like like male straight like jocks talking about tennis which yeah. doesn't really interest me at all. And the um, like I said, the Twitter is just like like gay European teenagers, which I think are a hundred times more funny than the jocks. Oh yeah, who has time for jocks? No. Uh so that's the only that's the only like subculture of Twitter that I actually miss a little bit. Everything else, I mean, and of course Gunter. I'm always gonna miss Gunter's rant, I mean, what are you gonna do without Gunter? I mean, I I still have it on my desktop. I still have a Twitter account, so I I could you know, I could check on Gunter once or twice a week. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's all that matter. But I mean, that's going to take you forever to get through all of the tweets. That's true. Twice a week. Uh, but this week I've been like, I've been like reading New Yorker articles. I've been reading wow. the paper. I, it's like truly like my media consumption back to in my 20s, like before social media, when I was actually like a curious, smart, intelligent person. The good old days. The good old days. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like I have... I'm actually like reading something worth reading. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm so obsessed with the internet. Hmm. Yeah. I, I feel I feel extremely lucky that TikTok is um has does nothing for me. It makes me sick strolling through it, so I don't do it. Um I am like it just, it does something to my brain that is so unhealthy. It's like, I can't look away from it. It's so comforting to me. Yeah. It's so like hypnotic for me. I will literally have wasted like hours, hours. And I mean, nights, full nights, uh, just scrolling oh that fucking thing. And I'm sure I know I'm dumber for it. Whatever. Say la vie. Nothing I can do about it now. Yeah. You're gone. Yep. I'm gone. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> okay. Uh, shall we move on to La Goop? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. What's your best of the week? Okay. So my best of the week is... Now, someone tell me, have I been asleep, hypnotized, did I not know that there was Goop Glow shampoo and conditioner? Or is this new? I was so confused when I saw that ad too. And I was like, wait, did we miss? And I don't remember if we missed it or not. But then I looked, I actually like searched my Gmail for the words like Goop shampoo to see. Yeah. And apparently this product was launched in June. I don't know how we missed unless we didn't and we talked about it, which is another possibility. I that think we, we briefly mentioned it. Because to me, this is like great news. Um, I 
really want to try these shampoos. So I guess I could say that this is like the thing I would buy or the thing I would try. But in reality, this is just like good, even though I apparently, you know, this has been out for a while. It makes me wonder like what other mysteries there are on Goop, like what other products came out and I just like didn't really notice. Yeah. Are we missing lots of like we're, you know, neither of us are trained journalists. We're no. we're doing this sort of by the seat of our pants. Yeah. We try to do, you know, our due diligence in 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 looking at Goop every week and reading the emails and reading the newsletters and stuff. But I'm sure there are Our other best. things that we missed. Yeah. And we could neither of us can tell you if we talked about this. Uh June for no me idea. is a total blur. I don't remember it at all. So if we did, if we didn't I do this shampoo, they're like reasonably priced. They're like in the 30s. They're not right? expensive. Yeah. $32 with subscription. Okay. 36 without a subscription. I don't know. I'm just I saying. I love all yeah. those fancy shampoos, but my my hair and my scalp are so um I just need that medicated like dandruff shampoo. I just I need the strongest shit imaginable and I need to just rub it into my scalp every single night. Yeah. And I, I have a feeling that that goop stuff is just not going to do the trick. It may not. It may not. Um, well, the last time I went and got my hair cut, the girl was like, what shampoo do you use? Your hair smells really good. Okay. I was like, thank you. Because I use the... I don't know how and then I tried to say it and I was like oh well there you goes all your respects for me I was like it's um sangre de fruta oh sangre de fruta did you actually uh, heard of it no you taught her something yeah sometimes when I have like a young hairstylist I have I like no hair products that they don't know like uh Paul Mitchell Awapuhi yeah, like my Paul Paul Mitchell. <laughs> Do they still it like happens. Paul Mitchell? Oh yeah, they have um like there's like Paul Mitchell like salons and okay. stuff. I used to love the smell of that awapui. Oh yeah, it smells so good. It's like that clean. Yeah, and a little tropical. Well. Uh all right. My best, and I know you're still working through it, but my best is the quiz slash article why are some people addicted to drama no i finished it and you i finished it and it's it's my saddest because i got the results <laughs> got my results um i thought this was i was just so shocked that goop actually wrote like a new substantial article in the depths of summer and part of me was like is this old like what am i because and it said published on august 17th 2023 so unless they're lying through their teeth this is new content which Again, like we were not expecting new content, new content till like October. No, yeah, I was completely prepared for it to just be 100% recycled shit. And this even had like an interactive element to it. It was great. I mean, so we had an article, an interview with um, this guy named Scott Lyons, who is a holistic psychologist and educator and the author of a book called Addicted to Drama, Healing, Dependency on Crisis and Chaos in Yourself and Others. Uh, So they talked to him um, what, you know, addicted to drama means. When a person is experiencing a need for drama, they gravitate towards extreme thought, language, habits, behaviors, expression of feelings, and even relationships. Uh, It can be a protective mechanism to defend against experiencing your feelings. And then we have a 29 
question quiz. It was not 29. It was, was it? 39. 39? Oh, 39. Pardon me. Um, how? And you see how dramatic you are. Yep. And you see how, how much of a yeah propensity for drama. So shall I disclose my results first? Sure. I have a mild propensity for drama. So do I. Oh, okay. So we're twinsies. But maybe I wasn't totally honest with my answers because I immediately was like horrified by it. And I'm like, I can't even discuss this. So maybe I'm maybe I'm lying to myself and the quiz. You mean lying to yourself to make you feel more dramatic or less dramatic? Well, I just was like every answer I was like, I don't know, sometimes, sometimes. I did a lot of seldoms, a lot of some, uh, some sometimes, and I think I had one or two that was frequently, but it was mostly seldoms and sometimes. I don't think I, I did any nevers because it was hard. It's hard to quantify to say like never. About it's anything. also hard to say always. Always. Oh, well, yeah, that I mean, you would be psycho. But, um, you know, I had a lot of sometimes, but sometimes just felt like the right answer for most of it. Because it's like, yeah, like sometimes I whatever the question was you know some what were the questions like do you have like one was like do you go over like past like negative conversations and think about them all the time and I do that a lot so yeah. I, that was a frequently that one the one that really was like oof I think I do this one is um like retelling emotional stories to different groups of people just to get a, get a reaction out of them yeah but I think the way I don't think they mean it the way you're doing it I, I feel like you're like trying to like get an emotional response out of other people. Uh, maybe or sympathy. I don't know. I guess I was spe specifically thinking of like recently, you know, getting diagnosed with CML and going on this drug and like it was see now I'm doing it to the podcast people. <laughs> but it I'm was like I, I did feel myself because I would sort of tell people and I did feel and I didn't I was not proud of this this feeling, but I I enjoyed seeing their reaction of sympathy i don't think that that's there's anything wrong with that okay because i felt like i uh, you know, but like you tell any personal story after two or three times and you f you sort of feel like you're reciting a monologue you know yeah you're like, like i know like where the punchlines yeah, are yeah, yeah. like where my yeah like this is the thing that's gonna make them you know I you know like when they're gonna be like oh my god I'm so sorry like you're so brave or whatever exactly um so that was the one that I was like oh yeah that's probably not like the healthiest um thing to do but I think you're okay. yeah I mean but most of them I really don't I really don't try to create drama and um I really when I do get into confrontation because it's like after you're in a confrontation with someone do you feel like recharged and placid and mine is like, no, I feel like, 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 like aggravated. I feel angry. I feel sad. I feel emotional. So I know that like, I don't, I don't like getting into confrontations because I feel fucked up after afterwards. Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I get into confrontations that often, but I definitely have done it. <laughs> I know you've seen it. You're sure. Well, and you've, you've seen me in the, in the car. Well, in the car. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't seen me on the tennis court. No, I would never. I would be scared. I because uh, you know men yelling is one of those things. I just I can't take it. It is. I get it like is, triggered. Yeah. No, I get it because I I really do make a point. Um, and maybe this is misogynist of me, but like there was one time on the court, I don't even think it was that bad. I because I, I almost 
always play doubles with men, but occasionally there's a woman that joins us. And there was one time where I might have, I might have snapped at her. Like it didn't even feel like that big of a deal to me. But I, I think because of my, my you know my physical size. Not that I'm like the most like gigantic person in the world, but like physical size, and I do have like a, you know, I have a resonant voice. I think mm-hmm. I think I came across as more aggressive than I meant to. Yeah, and I did have to like text her and like apologize and be like okay this I'm never gonna do this again she was very like whatever we're we're totally you know friendly um but that was I was like oh yeah it's it's different to be a little aggressive towards a woman than it is a man yeah and like I've heard you in the car and like I think it sounded scary (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't directing it towards you yeah if it wasn't me I would kill myself I I really don't feel like I'm I don't know but I also like I'm like afraid of all men yeah no and I think a lot of women no 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 I I, you have you have every right to be and I think um (laughs) yeah I can't be like oh well you know they know me I'm like just you know but I do know you yeah I'd still be upset I'd still be (laughs) no and I, I I absolutely heard what she was saying and I internalized it and oh she told she talked to you about it well I she I could tell she was rattled and I I'm trying to remember exactly because it was like I think she said it was it's it's this very stupid tennis thing it was like she said she was going she was going for a ball when I was going to go for the ball and then she just she said she was going for it and then she didn't or something something like that and then we lost Mm -hmm. the point whatever and I don't remember what I, I said I, I, at the heat of the moment, I probably said I probably was acting aggressive and I, I totally own that. And then I saw her reaction because usually, you know, I would just brush it off or the guy I was playing with would be like, fuck you, blah, blah, blah. And we'd move on. But okay. I saw her. And then, so afterwards I apologized and she still seemed a little like standoffish. And then that night I texted her sort of a more full apology and said, you know, this was totally uncalled for, blah, blah, blah. And so we were fine. But oh, it was, that was, it was nice yeah. No, I just had to check myself on my behavior. <laughs> No, I mean, but you're like a nice guy. You just get excited on the court. Exactly, exactly. But this is why I don't play tennis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, honestly, like, isn't that what you guys do out there? You're just like, I do. I mean, I I think it's important to release your emotions because you don't want to get tense. And so I, I never take anything personally if someone screams or swears. I mean, obviously, you don't want to get physical. You don't want to hit a ball at someone. That's going over the line. Well, Um, yeah. But uh, but some people are, yeah, people have different um levels of comfort with that stuff. So, and, you know, playing at my level is just very fun recreationally. Like, you have to keep that in mind. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you, you watch professional tennis and people are insane. But they're, you know, they're playing for a lot of money and it's, it's a lot higher stakes than what I'm doing. But people are crazy and like they will they will act like that no matter what they're playing for. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you no matter if you're good at tennis or bad at tennis, you're still trying to perform and your adrenaline is up. And that's the thing. Like in I mean, I guess driving a car is another situation where I get my adrenaline up. But in most situations, I feel like I have very little aggression and very little um, Yeah, you're pretty passive comfort for yeah so it is interesting to see because it's not conscious it is just the 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 focus and the adrenaline that comes up when you're doing something physical that you know changes my personality 
Well. <laughs> well. Anyway. So anyway, I, guess I am addicted to drama, mildly. I guess that's your drama. Yeah. My drama is just like. I don't know. I think I do have some issues. I have a lot of friendships that I end. Yeah, you do get, well, not the end, but you do, I feel like you do get yourself into these dramatic friendships, but I always just think of that's like female friendships. Maybe. Because I have like, I feel like most of my friends either I've been friends with them for so long that at this point I'm just like whatever that's just them even when they get on my nerves or I will like get to a point where I'm like I can't take it anymore and I stop being friends with them and I I do feel like that's kind of like an unhealthy way to be like most people just like have friends and like they don't have like uh, like this like list of people that they're like I don't want to be friends with them anymore. <laughs> but I guess I do I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but this—it's always their fault. I—I I mean, I'm—you know—mostly hearing this from your perspective, but I agree a hundred percent with what you're doing. Uh, I guess I just like—I don't make friends easily, and I don't have that many close friends, and so I feel like I—I I would sort of feel them out and like like I would know they're crazy before I even got into the situation to become good friends with them. That's yet, my problem yeah there are examples which in my life where that's not the case so of course we all let them in but it's like I I think I'm like a magnet for like crazy people and I will get into like a weird like folly ado with them and then break it off mm. but I haven't done that in a long time yeah yeah definitely a something that happened in my youth more yeah no I mean I would get like in my 20s I think a lot of the like really insane friendships I developed in my 20s were due to like um drugs yeah and so those were like it's pretty easy to end those relationships yeah because um, the they're only not thing like you that have deep. in common is drugs yeah sad. Um, and also I think in general male friendships are less intense and less emotional and thus like easier to just sort of back off and you don't have to like usually confront someone about why you're ending the friendship oh yeah yeah men are um simple yep very very simple <laughs> uh all right what's your worst my worst is oh obviously the recipes this was so infuriating because not only do we have these disgusting looking recipes from 2017 Gwyneth rubs it in our face and does she her whole opening in. monologue that about was, yeah. recipes. That was what did it. That was what took it from just being your normal run-of-the-mill bullshit to, like, they're reveling in it. Like, she's rolling around in this, like a pig in the mud. Like, yeah. oh, this these recipes are from 2017. Like, that is a long-ass time ago. Do they know how old that makes them seem? Like well, I know. to be And then she's just like, oh. I couldn't help but be reminiscing about these recipes from 2017. So I decided to like center the whole newsletter about, and I thought, okay, what are these recipes? Are they like the most just phenomenal, like groundbreaking recipes? They're so insane. One of them is guacamole with fish in it. Sorry. That's yes. so crazy. <laughs> um, another one is ugh, like shrimp in an avocado half, which is something that like 
I feel like Elizabeth Taylor would have eaten that in the 60s when she was trying to like lose yeah, weight. Yeah, I mean, I've got to be honest, I do love shit like that. It's so like, you know, 60s country club or whatever. Yeah. But I don't think that's really what they're going for with this. No, no, they're not. And then one of them is a is a pepper stuffed with buckwheat. Which doesn't fit in with the rest of this at all. It's like, this is like a, a Thanksgiving side dish. Yeah, it's sound, it's it just looks so like, dry and how gross. does this go with your like light like ceviche seafood menu? And then the fourth one, I think I just honestly gagged a little even just reading the description again. Yeah. It's a it's a panzanella, which I, I like a panzanella, but it's a panzanella with just a rotisserie chicken in it. Yeah. So you're going to the grocery store, you're getting a rotisserie chicken, and then you have a stale loaf of bread. And you're just mixing it up. I mean, a rotisserie chicken, fine. If you're desperate, good for you. But I just look at those chickens at the grocery that have just been sitting there under like the heat lamp all day. And they're all wet. They're all wet. They're all like the skin is soggy. It's like room temperature. And then you go home and you just carve it up with a knife and fork and then just chop up a stale baguette. And then you say, that's dinner? And you put in like some zucchini ribbons. The zucchini ribbons. I mean, talk about 2017. I know. And then some chopped up tomato and corn. And then you dress it. And then there's like some herbs. And red wine and balsamic vinegar and olive oil. Oh, it can't be a goop dressing without 16 ingredients. Yeah, without two different types. I mean, they're not, I'm sure everyone has them, but it's like, why both? Why both? And a panzanella, sorry, a panzanella should not have a rotisserie chicken in it. That's like, this would be a perfectly fine salad if, I don't know, put like a little burrata or something. Like a rotisserie, ugh, it's so gross. It's disgusting. And I just don't like the idea of like rotisserie chicken and a zucchini ribbon in a salad with like a balsamic dressing. No. I feel like, why couldn't those zucchinis be cucumbers? I mean... Do you know why? I mean, this is like a nice light summer salad. I mean, I guess zucchini is like a summer thing. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I I don't mind zucchinis. I don't like zucchini ribbons or raw zucchini. So I agree. It should be cucumber. But I guess this makes it like summery. And it gives it the appearance of a little more heft to have a zucchini instead of a cucumber. Yeah. Uh, But... I mean, these recipes are gross. And then the fact that six years later, Gwyneth is so enamored with these recipes that she like makes a point to say that she's I mean, she's them. not. They were just like, oh, we have to like run some archival recipe thing because we fired Caitlin O'Malley and she's never coming back. So like, let's pull something out and just say, and then they just got some poor intern to pretend to be Gwyneth Paltrow and say like, yeah. I just love these recipes so much. And then that was that. I guess so. Because it's like, you could talk about anything you want for this newsletter. We wouldn't even complain if you just stuck this. Because like, we know nowadays that there's just going to be old recipes every week. But the fact that she's uh, making us pay attention to it. She's like, it's it's very strange. Yeah, like why draw attention to it? Because all you had to do is say, oh, I'm an Amagansett. There's this new, you know, a pizza place that me and jessica seinfeld went to and like we would be perfectly happy learning about that for your little monologue yeah 
or we whatever. Or like, yeah, I, it's just, I, I mean, I'm a broken record at this point, but like, are, they're never going to hire a new, I mean, we're just going to, we're just going to get these same recycled recipes till the end of time. It's insane. Yeah. We're fucked. We're completely fucked. How, I mean, how much money could it cost? Uh, people will do this. It's a great job to be like, I am the culinary director of Goop. I'm a recipe. I'm developing recipes for one of the biggest brands in the country. Like you would have, to, you would not have to pay someone that much. Chef jobs are so low paying. Anyone in food media is like scraping together a living, trying to like freelance, whatever. You could pay them like $50,000 and people would jump at the chance to do this. I don't get it. You're right. I, I would guess, love to offer myself up for this job. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I, I guess do. they're just cheap. I don't they're know. It's cheap. Yeah. Because it's, you can't make money. You can't make money off recipes. It's no, unless you're being like, here's a recipe to pair with the new dildo we're selling. Yeah. Cause they can't sell it. Yeah. As they learned the hard way in the, the precipitous fall of goop kitchen. <laughs> Well, they're still out there. Yeah. Oh, did you read the um, Riley Keough Vanity Fair profile? No. Uh, it was interesting. I mean, she talked about like, you know, inheriting Graceland. It's just like her life is like totally insane. Yeah. But um, there's a scene where she's like going to her. Oh, her friend is like the person who wrote all the music for Daisy Jones and the Six. So she's downtown LA going to like his concert, but she's hungry. And she tries to um, Postmates Goop Kitchen uh-huh. from downtown. And uh-huh. like, that's like a baller uh- move because there is no Goop Kitchen anywhere close to downtown. Yeah. Sorry, uh, but, my dog. But then Goop Kitchen is um, closed. So she settles on Air One. But can they, I guess they'll put, you can Postmates stuff from anywhere? Yeah, I think with Postmates, uh, because it's just those, you know, gig workers. So it, the the service charge will be crazy. But like, I think a post postmate, you can just do it from anywhere. Interesting. And if you're fucking Elvis's granddaughter. Oh, then you're going to get what you want. If I was her, I would like be eating a fried banana and peanut butter sandwich in front of the journalist. I would just take, yeah, I would just say like, well, that's my excuse. And that's all I would eat. I would act exactly like Elvis. Oh God. I'm so fucking excited for that. Priscilla. Oh, the Priscilla I, yeah. I'm going to die. <sighs> Anyway, I was like, yeah. if if Goop Kitchen's good, good good enough for Riley, it's good enough for me, I guess. Um, anyway. I don't know. I don't believe. Honestly, they probably paid her to say she ordered it. She tried to order it. Yeah, maybe. I mean, she doesn't. I don't know. If, if the the last thing she needs is more money, I don't think she feels that way. No, I guess no one actually feels that way. No. Um, but you know, whatever. Uh, all right. So your wait, what was your saddest? You said my saddest was the drama quiz. Oh, the drama one, yeah. But it's not really that sad. But I don't know. I just didn't like it. It's like, why do I have to be judged on how much how dramatic I am? Like, is anyone? They don't know me, you know. No, who is this and like, guy anyway? I can have, I can be, what does that even mean to be dramatic? Like, fuck them. You know what? That I think it's actually pretty misogynist and I homophobic to too. call someone dramatic. I do think it's pretty misogynist and homophobic because it's like, 
oh, you're having an emotion that I feel uncomfortable with. So there's something wrong with you. Like, well, you know what? You're having an emotion that I feel uncomfortable with, which is like your weird, like detachment and judgment and inability to connect with another human being. Mm. So maybe you're the fucking crazy one. I know who's never called dramatic is straight white men. Donald Trump. Well, that, I mean, no, I'm saying he, he is. Dr- yeah, exactly. He's people don't he, get he's called like, dramatic. yeah, he's like, uh, he's not. I mean, maybe he's straight in the sense that he likes to fuck women, but he is culturally a queen. Mm. He no, no one likes gossip and drama more than Donald Trump. And that's honestly the only thing about him that I find remotely appealing. Yeah, that's and the like, only thing that I can like relate to him. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> he would just i mean early donald trump twitter is just amazing yeah it's like like crazy has been bet midler like <laughs> it's just great well yeah i mean wasn't he kind of like doing that till up to the end oh yeah no i think even when he was president i mean he was yeah he was like talking about like megan markle like he he like definitely read us weekly <laughs> yeah but that was like what was cool about him. And then if he hadn't become president, what could have been? I mean, he would be on cameo right now, and you could you could pay some money to like have him say his rambling, insane monologues. Yeah, but you know, I never place. would have I never would have really paid that much attention to him. So yeah. maybe that was the problem. So it's all for the best. Well, prob for him, probably. <laughs> yeah. I I mean Oh my God. What if he goes to jail? He's not going to go to jail. I don't think. I mean, it would, God, it would be so funny. It would be the funniest thing, whatever. Uh, All right. My sad, my saddest is they're trying to get us to do another G talk seven day reset in August. Yeah, I know they need to get over it. I'm so over the, the toxins, the cleanses. I like attempted to do a juice cleanse and I failed miserably. Again, I have been failing at these. Like I can't do it anymore. You shouldn't have to. I mean, it's the middle of August. We only have a few more weeks of summer. We want to be like having rosé and like, you know, eating lobster rolls and like, you know, taco trucks, you know, binge drinking tequila. Like it's yeah, having a a break. Yeah, give us barbecue. Yeah, I want ribs. I want hot dogs. Yeah, I don't want to do a fucking cleanse. And this cleanse is such a, it's like, oh, it's $195. You get no food in it except for that weird cereal stuff. And then they put in a dry brush to the kit just to like make you feel like you're getting your money's worth. Yeah, I know. I kind of wanted it, but that I was already like over cleanses when they came out with that. I think the cleanse thing is kind of over. I think so too. And it's just those super powders that they give you, which are so, ugh. It's based on Prolon, I believe. Yeah. And how many times have ha- you done Prolon? Well, I've done the official Prolon twice, I think. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, I think I just did it twice. But I did my Folon many times. Got it. Which I do recommend over Prolon. And you can um, you can find my Folon breakdown on our uh, Patreon. Look at that. There you go. We have to join. Okie doke. What would you try? Okay. So I would try quiet, calm, curl control. So I talked last week about on the Patreon one about how I'm like trying to figure out what kind of like hair products I'm going to want to use, change things up. You know, I was talking about Jenny Lewis, who like was doing this 
who's like not shampooing her hair and she uses some other weird product. She like massages it into her scalp, which I don't think my hair can handle because I get really greasy after like Mm -hmm. one day of not washing it. And whenever I go, they basically use the same stuff. They use like some sort of like curl cream, salt spray, and like a balm, like some sort of balm in my bangs. And when I do my hair, I use just the curl cream. Okay. And I don't even like it. So I kind of want to buy their nice curl cream from Goop. And I do. Oh, here's my question for everyone. Salt spray and dry shampoo, are they interchangeable? I kind of feel like they are, or like they kind of do the same thing. Uh, That is a question I cannot answer. So I'll leave it to the floor. Because they'll also put like a little dry shampoo in my hair sometimes. And I I like to use a little bit of dry shampoo as well for volume. I wonder if the salt, but then sometimes the dry shampoo, it's like you really have to like rub it in because otherwise it'll be like powdery in your hair. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, just just some stuff to think about. Uh, And now with your new climate that you're going to, your hair might react very differently. Oh, yeah. My hair. Actually, I love my hair in muggy weather. Yeah. Um, But I don't know how it's going to do in the winter because, you know, I dry out it. The winter in New York, especially in those apartments with those radiators that steam and smoke and stuff is like you need to moisturize a lot. It's so it gets so dry. Well, luckily for me, I do (laughs) (laughs) way ahead of you um yeah but i will thank you for that all right oh here's what i well obviously i'm not trying any of those disgusting recipes no um, fuck them. so i guess and i i had one a couple weeks ago that was similar but there's another like pilates video that they came out with this week yeah i saw it's it. like a it's like a pilates yoga combo and it's 20 minutes long and i've gotten really really too sporadic about my yoga practice i was for like a couple years i was doing it like almost every day and then the last couple months i just stopped so i was like i need to get back in the habit and this one seems like a good strength building uh 20 minutes seems like it could be a little intense but uh, yeah well you can do anything for 20 minutes oh yeah no and um there's a couple props i mean i don't i have like a, a yoga what, not a band, um, a rope, not a rope. What is it called? A, a like strap, a, strap. the the thing you wrap around your legs. Yeah. I don't know what it's called. I think it's called a band, right? Well, the, the the one that she has is a band and it's like, um, it's like an elastic one, but the yoga yeah. strap that I have is, it's looks like a dog's leash. It's not. Oh, that's stretchy. just a strap. Strap. Yeah. So I have yeah. that instead of a band, but I think I could use oh. it. Yeah, probably. I'm sure. Uh, So that's what I would try. Melissa would tepperberg's signature method which blends yoga and pilates well i'm praying for you thank you i almost made that my thing i would try but i know i never would i i honestly like i hate those like 20 minute videos that you do at home like i never like i just don't really see the point in it um well i don't think you're not gonna like lose weight you're not gonna build it i think it's like more for stretching and like a, a routine and sort of maintaining your flexibility more than anything else to do like yeah 10 minutes. i guess yeah it's just such a weird amount of time i like it because you can just sort of fit it in yeah 
as opposed to t- I mean I do I would in my perfect world go to like a yoga class uh, a lot. well you play it, tennis all the time you I, I play tennis way too much I mean it's I play tennis more than I I mean I love it and I it's I tell myself it's good for my mental health and it's necessary it and it is so I don't regret it um, but yeah I don't I don't have much time for like any other form of exercise all right what would you buy okay I would I'm gonna buy two things number one this isn't on goop but I don't know if I've talked about this but I don't think I've had a manicure since March of 2020 <laughs> I have just been going naked on the nails and like my nails are super fucked up and I kind of like it because it's like I used to get like gels and like I had like acrylics and I would spend like hundreds of dollars a month on my nails every single month and now it's just like I don't have to pay that anymore yeah you were so I feel like that was like a a a ritual for you very regularly getting your nails done it was important to me and then you know 2020 kind of happened and I was just kind of like you know I whatever and then I just kind of never went back and did it I just never did it and you know what? That's not true. I did get a manicure when I in Washington, DC. I have I've had one manicure like a year, a year or more ago. But I feel like in New York, now, okay, I know you can get good manicures in LA, but in New York, I think just because of the nature, I'm not saying anything new, of like walking around and like seeing things, you're like, oh, this manicure place is so cute. Like, look at these nails. They're, they're all over the place, there. too. Well, well, yeah, but like, um, seeing like the things that they're doing there look so cute. And I think in LA, you have to like, really like seek out, um, like if you want like a certain type of like nail art or whatever, like you have to like know what you're looking for and like go and find it versus like, you know, kind of like stumbling upon a place and being like, oh, I like what they're doing here and going. So I'm definitely going to get a manicure in New York so that I can take pictures of the things that I buy and hold them with my hands and post them on our Instagram account without being embarrassed. And one of the things that I'm going to buy and take pictures, this is the embarrassing thing. I have been saying I was going to buy the same thing. I I say I'm going to buy the same thing all the time, but it's true. And I never do it, but it's like, I need to repurchase. It's so simple. The bomb yard beauty, like, lip and cheek tint I think it's the only type of makeup that I should be wearing if you don't count like mascara and like whatever like face stuff but like I just think it's I think I've always been a lip and cheek tint person in the olden days I was like Benetint was like all I wore Uh and then I got into the bomb your beauty one And then that's another thing where it's like, I just haven't repurchased it. And every other type of makeup that isn't just that simple thing, I feel like makes me look like an idiot. I can't, I can't pull it off. Like I need, like, I just need that like simple, sophisticated ass, like bomb, like, you know what I mean? Like a creamy little bomb so I can be my little natural self. For sure. So I'm just going to pull the trigger and buy it. Maybe I'll just buy it right now. No, I can't because I don't know where to ship it to because I'm moving. Mm. I'm insane. In New York, I think, because I feel like LA is so um, 
I mean, aside from like the cosmetic surgery, like the makeup style is very like beachy and natural. I think people are, women are like done up a little bit more in New York. Well, probably not where I'm going to be spending most of my time. No, that's true. At Um, 721 Broadway. Yeah. But maybe like, you know, the working women of New York, you know, have to kind of wear more makeup. I don't know. I don't know. When I, I, when I am like in New York and I'm like with people and like, if I'm like going out to a bar or whatever, I don't feel like out of place. No, no, no. Like, I'm not like, oh, they're wearing makeup and I'm not or whatever. But it's like, you know, like the people that you're friends with are like, everybody that we know is like interchangeable. Like they could live in New York or LA and you wouldn't know the difference. That is true. And a lot of them have. And a lot of them go back and forth. Yeah. Um, but you're probably right about the makeup. We'll see. Uh, all right. So I would buy um this very inexpensive razor called the Philips Norelco. Okay. Which is recommended by, I think, undercover sociopath Derek Blasberg. Who is that? He is, I feel like he's sort of like the talented Mr. Ripley of our generation. Okay. He, I think he's technically like a fashion columnist, PR. Oh God. He's something peripherally in the fashion industry, but he's fr- like, he's friends with Gwyneth. He's friends with Kim Kardashian. He's friends with everyone. And he's sort of this celebrity, non-celebrity guy. Okay. And I do think there's something dark about him but i honestly i think it's because like he's exactly my age and he also went to nyu and he's like way more successful than i am so i think i just assume anyone more successful than i am is like um it's like a total uh sociopath did he go to tish no i think he went to like i didn't know him i think he went to like gallatin or school of ed or something okay or business he might have gone to stern i bet he was a business major um I might have seen him in the dorms. I have no idea. I don't remember him if I did uh, know him. Wait, tell me his name one more time. Derek Blasberg. B-L-A-S-B-E-R-G. Okay. And I think you may have mentioned him before. Goop had done a profile on him before. And then this, I think, is probably from the same interview. They said that they first published this in July, but it was just, it's called The Guy's Guide to Goop. So they're not doing Goop Fellas anymore because I think that was like Will and Seamus's deal. So yeah, and they obviously had a falling out wonder what i mean i wonder what happened between them something happened though yeah they i mean seamus i think seamus sort of just saw the light and was like these people are insane i don't want anything to do with them yeah um but it's 10 grooming favorites from peripatetic dad Derek blasberg i literally i i feel like i know a lot of words i have a pretty big vocabulary i had to look this one up do you know what, what it does means? it mean it means like going from place to place like i think it's sort of like a fancy word for saying like um like nomadic or like by coast like nomadic but in a fancy way okay i'm gonna call myself that yeah you're peripatetic yeah and i was like who wrote and gene obviously gene is gene is getting on my nerves okay wow Um, wow gene because she used peripatetic i like well i think it was that and then the sort of semi-anonymous tip we got about her being an asshole at that restaurant Oh, right. 
which I'm like, mm, tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so he recommends a lot of fancy things, products, whatever. But then he recommends this very inexpensive razor. And because he, or it's a beard trimmer, because he, I mean, if you look at a picture of him, you see he has a very weak chin. He looks like, um, he's like a young Lindsey Graham. Why his Wikipedia picture is weird. Oh, wait, let me look. Uh, But anyway, he says he's never had, he's never been clean shaven since high school. And I, you know, always have like to have a little stubble. um, But I, I don't, I'm not. I don't clean it up as well as often as I should. Like, I'm not good about like trimming my beard. So it just gets like messy. And for Christmas or for John's birthday, a couple years ago, I bought us like this pretty like fancy beard trimmer, but it just doesn't work that well. So I'm like, I need to, I'm going to go to the, the people, the people's princess, Derek Glassberg and get this $37 one. Cause if he, if he recommends it, it's like a trimmer that he loves Okay, and he does like his whole head with it. Oh, wow. Yeah saves a lot of money um and yeah he, like he shaves his own head and shaves his face nice. i don't know what it is but i know he's got it and he's oh. he's spoken about it before like oh i love this thing that i got oh yeah well if you talk to him about it have him uh text me what it is i will because i'm i'm in the market for something oh yeah the the picture on wikipedia it's um lit just right so his beard and his chin is so dark so you don't see what a Lindsey Graham weak chin he has yeah I mean that's you know the old uh oldest trick in the book yeah oh he was a year behind me at NYU oh even worse I know even worse um Um, oh that and I think that's honestly see he's so smart I should have like waited a year to go to NYU because how he got to start was he was a senior when Mary Kate and Ashley were freshmen. And mm-hmm. I think he insinuated himself in their lives. And I didn't get that chance because I had already graduated by the time that you they didn't, went there. He, you didn't know they were going to be there. But I, I should have, I should have, I should have known. known. You should have done the math. I should have literally retaken my senior year just so I could have like tried to meet them. Well, you don't have to retake your senior year. <laughs> you could have like gone to Italy or something. Oh, that's true. Um, well, yeah, we all should have done things differently. I'm filled with regret. Yeah. Well, you're going, you're going to NYU now. So, well, I'm having a midlife crisis, (laughs) but you know, what can you do? Actually, you know, it's, I'm not that much older than the other people. I'm like, I I don't think you are. Yeah. I'm older than them, but I think, um, they're like in the same age range as yeah, me. They're probably like early thirties. Early thirties. And you don't um, have to disclose your age. You can no, you they can, can pass fuck for themselves. 31. Well, they were all yeah. going around to saying how old they were. And they're like, I'm so old, I'm 35. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, stupid. You know, I'm 38. But you know, there's an older I I Googled it and I found this woman who was like in some like executive's wife. Or I shouldn't, she was more than that. She had a TV writing career and then she had kids and her husband's career took off while she stayed home with the kids. Tale as old as time. She wanted to get back into it and she was like, fuck it. And she went to NYU in the same department that I'm going to in like her late fifties, I think. That's so, awesome. you know, people do it at all ages. And, um, Brian was looking at this, um, MFA program. I don't think he's going to go, but he was like, just thinking about it. And he said that they told him that they're, 
for a different school and their like average age was like 45. Oh, wow. For, for writing as well. Yeah. 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 I mean, it makes sense. Like there's no, um, you know, people, you need to keep learning and keep growing no matter what your age is. And you you realize that as you get older, I think young people are, young people are extremely judgmental and I, you know, and it's hard to not be like annoyed, but then I think of how I was. So it's like, I, I empathize with people that, um, are mean about old people because everyone is the the root of that is just your, your fear of getting old and your fear of mortality yourself. So, Oh, no, it's not. It's just like blind arrogance. Maybe that's true. But, um, you know, whatever. I don't, I, I don't, no one's been mean to me about being old. I'm sure (laughs) if it happens, I guess it'll happen. Um, but I don't think it will. Cause like I said, actually, like I was once, even when I worked at Buzzfeed, I was 28 and they acted like I was the oldest person in the world. So I told some guy like, Oh yeah, I was like, I was 28. And he was like, Oh really? I didn't know that. And I was like, I hate no. when people act like and say that. Oh, like, yeah, you. Oh, I. And I think guessed. he was like twenty four. Yeah, it's like, like what the fuck is wrong? How with you? like, go fuck yourself, dude. That was the only time anyone's ever said anything about my age. And then was now, that the Try Guys guy that got canceled? It wasn't the Try Guys guy, but he was like the Try the guy. That guy was both of our boss. Mm-hmm. And um, it was. But you know, it was BuzzFeed. Everybody. It was Quinta Brunson who said that. Too. It wasn't. <laughs> um, no, she wasn't. A, she wasn't a fellow with me. She was a um, like special. I don't know. They had a. She was like a special person. They had like oh. different words for different like visiting artists or something oh, wow. like that. Ooh. But anyway, that was that was it. But I think that most of them are like a lot of them are like 35 or whatever, yeah. which I'm spiritually 35, so it's fine. Absolutely. Yeah. Okie doke. Guys, we're gonna have to cut ourselves off. Um thanks for listening. Uh this is gonna be it for a couple of weeks. We'll be back in like, I don't know, two weeks, I think. Yeah, we're going to take a, a little summer sojourn. Which uh, we never do anyway, really. I know. So I, you know, the the August is the one time when my podcast queue dwindles to zero because so many people take things off. But not so us. Now we're I'm like, always I'm here like, for you. I'm jonesing for content. I, I was literally going on like the New York Times like audio feed and like listening to fucking articles read to me because I ran out of podcasts. So I get. I've done it. I get it uh but yeah we'll be back soon possibly at a new time but you know you're subscribed so it'll show up on your feed you'll get it at some point uh but thanks for sticking with us thanks for listening as always you know uh join our patreon to get um more content to uh tide you over yeah we always want you can go and there's a whole bunch of podcasts on there All right. And uh, I speak for everyone when I wish you good luck on your new endeavors. Thank you. (laughs) I hope I, um, I hope I see Carrie and I can tell her. Uh, Yeah. Tell her what I think of her. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, all right. 
Bye, guys. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.